Today we're continuing our series on the divine exchange. And, you know, the scripture that we've been quoting every Sunday is 1 Corinthians 1.18. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to all those who are being saved, it is the power of God. The message of the cross is powerful. And we got to uh, continue to talk about it. A study of the cross uh, is what the divine exchange is all about. And, it, and we're reminded of the blessings associated with it. You know, Jesus who died over 2,000 years ago, the effects of the cross are still happening today, like divine healing. You know, you know, Blair's been hopping along to classes and can't, and all of a sudden, supernaturally, that's the blessing of the Lord. Amen? And so we're grateful for the blessing. And so the first week we talked about his wound and fire healing. The second week we talked about his, uh, his, uh, his blessing for our cur- curse. And today we're going to talk about his burden for our rest. You know, he, he uh, did a great work when he died. And the Bible says in John 19, you should be there in verse 16. It says, finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. And so the soldiers took charge of Jesus, carrying his own cross. He went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. And here they crucified him and with him two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Now, I want to bring your attention to this morning to verse 17, which says, carrying his own cross, he went to the place of the skull, carrying his own cross. Now, this verse tells us that Jesus carried his own cross. And we know he carried it most of the way. And at one point, they recruited Simon to help him. But he carried his own cross. I think the cross is a symbol. It's a symbol of burdens, of suffering, and the toil that Jesus endured, part of the price that he paid when he was crucified. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 12 and verse 50, Jesus said, I have a terrible baptism of suffering ahead of me. And I am under a heavy burden until it's accomplished. The cross was a heavy burden on Jesus, as we can understand. And part of that price Jesus paid was carrying that tremendous weight and that burden of the physical cross. After his back had been had ripped apart through the scourging, now he's, he's made to carry this cross, this wooden cross. And the cross was a heavy burden. And I believe when Jesus carried his own cross, he not only carried his burdens, his sufferings and his trials and his labor, but he also carried our burdens, our trials, our sufferings, and our toil. Amen? I believe Jesus carried his burden. Symbolically, he was carrying our burdens and our weights of this world. Amen? And so we could be, uh, the reason why he carried the cross was so that we could be released from the burden of the world. Amen? The burdens of life. The third divine exchange is his burden for our rest. His burden for our rest. That's a, that's a, a great, uh, there's a great possibility, you know, that in this room, I mean, it's kind of like, it's a no brainer. There are people in this room right now that are heavy. They're under a burden. They're loaded down. I mean, that's the way life is. Amen. And Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burden, and I will give you rest. All you who are weary, life has a way of wearing you down, doesn't it? Doesn't it? To be weary means to be tired, worn out, exhausted completely. Have you ever been there? 
It means to be totally stripped and depleted of strength and energy. And so, you know, some, have you ever been so tired, so exhausted, that whenever you wake up in the morning, you're exhausted already? That eight, ten hours of sleep doesn't do it? You've been under the burden, you've been under the load for so long that a day off doesn't work? That a good night's sleep doesn't work? Come on, are y'all with me? The Bible says in Isaiah 40, 30, even youth grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. You know, I've learned through the years that, you know, just the normal challenges of life will wear you down, wear you out. You know, years ago, there was a, a, a message that I remember reading. It's the grind that gets them. It's the grind the day in and day out. You know, weariness comes from the normal burdens and sufferings and struggles of life. I mean, you know, you can handle one, but then you got to handle another one. You got to handle another one. You got to deal with another one. It just seems like every time you turn around, there's another problem. In, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, when Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. You know, weary come, weariness comes from carrying the burdens of life, the financial burdens. You know, whenever you're just barely making it financially, and here comes another bill in the mail. Your freezer breaks. Your, your, you know, your car needs breaks or something. You know, the health burdens. You know, you, you just, you just getting along and all of a sudden, man, something, you get a bad report. You know, there's financial burdens, relational burdens. I mean, it seems like, you know, your job is just right now, finances are right. Then all of a sudden you got relational conflict that starts. You know, and then there's mental burdens, emotional burdens. Burdens come in all kinds of shapes and sizes, don't they? Burdens. Draining your strength and your energy. It's part of life. You know, and I believe that burdens and the weariness of life is part of the spiritual curse on our land. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 16, after the fall of man and after Adam and Eve you know, disobeyed and ate the fruit. And then this curse was pronounced in Genesis three sixteen To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception in pain. You shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam, he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it, curses the ground for your sake. In tall, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground for out of it you were taken for dust you are and dust you shall return next time you're sweating out there you can thank Adam for that amen but you know I believe part of the curse is the burden of sorrow and suffering the burden of relational conflict in marriage and in family relationships the burden of labor and toil having to work so hard just to make it in life I think it's part of it. I believe life is so hard because of the curse. You know, I just, I believe life is so wearisome and burdensome. It's so hard. Isn't it so hard, saints? You say, well, if I had a lot of money, it wouldn't be hard. I tell you, you can ask the ones that have a lot of money. Life is hard. Amen. Come on. You can have millions and billions of dollars, but it won't make sure that your marriage is on track. It won't make sure that your children are doing the right thing. Come on, are y'all with me out there? And so listen, I believe life is so hard because of the curse. But the good news, as we said last week, is that Jesus came to break the curse. 
Amen. He came to break the curse. And I believe this in in Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. So I believe this. Part of what Jesus did by dying on the cross was to break the curse of living a burdensome, wearisome life. Amen. I believe that. I believe we can enjoy a life of peace and rest that the heathen can't enjoy. I believe that there's a way that you can live your life and enjoy peace and rest in your life. That somebody that don't know the Lord has no clue about. I don't know if you're hearing me yet, but the divine exchange is that he carried his cross so you and I could enjoy peace and we can enjoy rest and we could be refreshed. Amen. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus said, come to me if you're weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest for take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and your burden is light and my burden is light. Hey, I believe one of the blessings of the cross is we can receive relief from the pressures of life. We can relieve, we can experience relief from the burdens and the weights of life. You know, I don't believe it's all going to go away. As long as we're here, we're going to have stress. Amen. It's only, it's only when we get on the other side that we won't have any at all. But bless God, I'll take a little relief. How about you? I'll take a little help. How about you? I believe that we can experience a supernatural rest from the Lord. It's part of the divine exchange. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 9, it says, There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. There is a rest for the... The Bible tells us that there's a place of rest. For who? The people of God. You know, the Bible says there's no rest for the wicked. There's no rest for the wicked. There's a rest, though, for the people of God. Do I have any people of God in the house today? Amen. That's what the Bible says. I believe we can live a life with limited burdens, with limited stress, and enjoy a life of supernatural rest. Listen, I don't think we can get through this world without having burdens and stress, but I think it can be limited. Amen? Remember, Jesus experienced stress. He experienced storms. He experienced burdens. Remember whenever he was in the boat with the disciples? I love this. He was in a, he was in a squall, man. He was in like, you know, hurricane force winds. He was in a boat all out there. Let me read it to you. I got to read it to you. Matthew 8, 23. When he got into the boat, his disciples followed him and behold, there arose a great storm, a great storm. You know, I think there's a reason why it says a great storm because it wasn't a little storm. Amen. That's deep. I know uh, you probably writing that down right now. There was a great storm on the sea so that the boat was being covered with waves. I don't know if you've ever been a boat out there. There's too much water to drink when you're out there on the bay. And when the water starts breaking in the boat, that's not a good thing. Amen. And they came to him and uh, uh, the boat was being covered with the waves. But Jesus himself was what? He was asleep. And they came to him and woke him up saying, Save us, Lord, we're perishing. And he said to them, why are you afraid, you men of little faith? Then he got up, rebuked the winds and the sea, and he became perfectly calm. And the men were amazed and said, what kind of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? Now, you know, I love this that, you know, Jesus was not immune to storms in life. But, you know, that's a great story because he experienced storms just like everyone else. Yet he was able to find a place of rest in the storm. 
You know, life is kind of like a storm that never stops. Right? It's just like a storm that never stops. It's just like, oh, man, the wind falling died down. And then, boo, there comes another gust. But the fact is that Jesus, he was taking a nap during the storm. I like that. Lord, help me to take a nap in my storms. Come on, are y'all with me out there? Lord, help me to rest in my storms. And so Jesus can give you supernatural peace and rest in the midst of your storms. You don't have to wait till they stop. I'm talking about right now. Amen. How many of you know that he is a present help in time of need? He's a present help in time of need. And he can help you right now. Whether you're in a storm or not. And so how do you enter that place of rest? How do you get there? Jesus gives us three keys there in Matthew 11. He, three keys to entering and, and living in that place of rest. Amen. Now listen, I don't know. You might not be in a storm right now, but you might want to take notes and just hang on to them. You might know somebody that goes through a storm that you want to give them to, right? But let me just give them to you. Three keys to entering his rest. Number one, you got to turn to Jesus. You got to turn to Jesus. And that's what Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's the starting point. That's the first step to lightening your load and finding a place of tranquility and peace is to come to Jesus. If you're weary with life and burdened down with life's problems, you know, you don't need a, a course, you don't need a seminar. Just listen to Jesus. Come to me, he says. Come to me. Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. You know what the word rest means to be? To rest, to relax, to be calm and to be refreshed. And, and notice Jesus didn't promise to take away all our problems. He said, come to me if you're weary and you're burdened. He didn't say, I'm going to take your burdens away. He said, I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to give you rest. He didn't say all your problems are going to disappear. He didn't say that. But what he said is, I'm going to give you rest. In other words, I'm going to give you the strength that you need. I'm going to give you calm to get through that storm. I'm going to give you strength to get through that storm. I'm going to give you what you need to get through that problem. Amen. And so in verse 29, Jesus said, you're going to find rest for your souls. How many of you know rest in your soul is different than physical rest? It's a deeper rest. Amen. That's a rest that goes much deeper than physical rest whenever you got rest in your soul. And, you know, I've said this before and, and, and you know this as well as I do, but you can get a lot of rest. You can be on vacation for three weeks and still be weary and burdened out. Sometimes all the physical rest you can get, you know, some people have been on vacation for 10 years and they're still not rested. Come on, are y'all with me out there? And so listen. That soul rest is the rest that goes deeper than physical rest. It's that emotional rest, that mental rest. Soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's that interest. The Lord says, if you turn to me, I will give you more than a physical refreshing. I will give you a mental, emotional, and mental refreshing. Amen. Isn't that good news? And so where do you normally turn when you're stressed out and you're burdened out? Oh, I just turn on the TV. Yeah, that'll help right there. Oh, man, I raid the cabinets, man, the pantry. It's like, this is going to cause you more stress. 
Or you turn to pills or booze or you turn to hobbies or you turn to, you know, whatever it is, you know, a video game and there for hours till you get carpal tunnel in your hands, you know. Well, you know, we turn to everything but the Lord when we're stressed out. Isn't that true? And Jesus says, turn to me because only turning to me can give you the rest that you need so you can make it through the journey. Isaiah 40, 29 says this. He gives strength to the weary. And to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youth grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those that wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Verse 31 says, those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. You know what wait means to get alone with God? To get by yourself with God. And you see, I believe this, that sometimes we're so weary and burdened because we're not spending any time with God. We come to church, but, you know, I mean, that'll be all right. But it's kind of like, you know, just eating five grapes and saying, that'll do me for the week. That'll be all right. Come on, how many of you know we need more than that? Right? But sometimes, you know, that old hymn that says, Oh, what needless toils we bear. All because we don't carry them to the Lord in prayer. And so sometimes, you know, we're trying to live our life and we got this mountain of burdens on our shoulders because we've never gotten alone with God to wait on him so he could give us new strength. And how many of you know when you spend time with the Lord, he gives you fresh perspective. Amen. Your problems tend to shrink. And he gets larger. Amen. When you don't spend time with God, our problems tend to shrink God and grow in our minds and our spirit. So we need to learn how to wait on the Lord. Are y'all with me? So if you're weary and burdened, get alone with God. Spend time with God. Because they, that wait, means to stop. Shut it down. Quit all the nonsense. All the hustle and bustle. Shut the door. Close the blinds. Do whatever you got to do and spend time with God. And he says, I'm going to give you some strength. Amen. That's good news right there. Amen. Key number two to entering his rest, surrendering and giving up control of your life to him. Surrendering and giving up. In verse 29, he said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble at heart. Listen, before we can take up his yoke, we're going to have to give up our yoke, right? Sometimes the reason we're stressed and burned out is because we're trying to do everything on our own. Self-reliant, self-dependent. You know that verse in Isaiah 40, even, even young people get tired. Say, boy, if I had the strength of a young person, they get tired too. It doesn't matter how strong you are in the natural. Some point you're going to run out of strength. Some point you're not going to be able to make it. And so we got to quit trying to do it on our own because that's what wears us out. When Jesus said, take my yoke upon you, you know, I don't know um, if you know what it means to be yoked with Christ, but, you know, that word yoked was, uh, it was, it, it really means to move in the same direction at the same pace with Christ. And, and you, you know, that yoke was a, it was a wooden frame that joined two form animals together, whether two oxen or, or, you know, whatever. And, and it, you know, it, you know, it was like they had two oxen and they would 
be leaned over and this yoke would kind of go around their head, you know, like this, in a headlock. And then the next animal in a headlock. And they were headlocked together. And so the yoke kept them walking together. And Jesus says, he says, you know, you need to get yoked with me. If you don't get yoked with me and you leave me out, you're going to be carrying the load of life by yourself. And so a symbol, you know, a yoke is a symbol of two things. First of all, it's a yoke of partnership where uh, you weren't, you, you don't have to carry life's load by yourself. And how many of you know we weren't made to carry the world's problems on our shoulders? Jesus, the, Isaiah said, the government shall be on his shoulders. Amen. I'm going to carry it. Amen. And so Jesus wants to help us by taking the weight off of you. But you have to allow him to help you. And the way that you do that is you get in the yoke with him. He says, come on, let's do let's do this thing together. You know, it's kind of like if I had to drag, you know, all this equipment out there and I'm dragging it and I'm sweating my brow. I mean, I'm just huffing and puffing. My tongue's hanging out. I'm walking on my tongue. I mean, you know, it's just hard. And, and the Lord's right there saying, hey, hey, Todd, are you weary and burdened? Take my yoke upon you. <laughs> Let me help you. It would be ridiculous for me not to let him help me, wouldn't it? And so can I tell you, it's ridiculous for us to live life without the Lord's help. He's offering a partnership. And he's saying, come on, get yoked up with me. You know, Psalm 55 and verse 22 says, Pile your troubles on God's shoulders. He'll carry your load. He'll help you out. He'll never let good people topple in ruin. Come on, cast your cares on the Lord. In other words, let him help you with life. Amen. You know, a yoke is also a symbol of submission and surrender. It's used to guide, control, and direct. You know, whenever they put that yoke, there's normally a couple of ropes tied to it. And somebody behind them saying right, left, you know. And you know what they normally do is they put an old ox and a young ox together and they ox them up together. And that young ox, you know, he's full of, you know, strength and vinegar and he's ready to rule the world, man. So they yoke him up there and they put a plow on the yoke, you know, and, and there they go, man. They start breaking up the ground and that young ox is just, you know, the old ox is just trying to keep up with him. But man, they get about halfway through the field and all of a sudden he's like, whoo, this thing is heavy. And he's getting all chafed up, scraped up, because he's got the whole thing. It's out of balance. He's pushing on it, and, and, and it's rubbing him in the wrong way. And, and, you know, and he's just getting worn out. And so finally he realizes, man, there's a reason why this other, yo- this other oxen's here with me. And the old oxen's just slow and steady, slow and steady. And he's just waiting for that young ox to lose his strength. And as soon as he loses his strength, he gets yoked up with that old mature ox, and they begin plowing together, and two is better than one. But you know what? As long as that young ox is out there trying to go his direct, I want to go this way. And an old ox says, we got to go straight ahead, my brother. And sometimes in our immaturity, we say, I want to go this way. And the Lord says, you go right ahead. I'm telling you, that's going to that's gonna give you a rash. That's a paraphrased version, right? That's the menorah translation right there. I just started writing me a Bible right there. But you know what I'm talking about, right? To be yoked with Christ means you're willing to move at the same direction 
on the same pace with Christ. And sometimes the reason why we got a lot of toil and, and we got a lot of burden on our life is because we're trying to live our life on our own way. We're trying to do our own thing. And we sing, God, would you come over here and bless me while I go over here? And he says, no, I'm going this way. And so we're fighting, we're fighting, and he's patient. He's just patient. He'll let us exhaust ourselves. And then when we finally exhausted and we have no more energy, we realize, man, I ain't got to carry all this. I can just let the Lord help me. We got to quit fighting the will of God because that'll keep us a burden. Isn't that right, saints? Come on, how many of you can agree with that? Help me preach this morning. Say amen. amen. Psalm 32, 8, 9. Listen what it says. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. But listen, don't be stubborn headed. The Menorah translation says, verse 9. Do not be as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose trappings include bit and bridle, to hold them in check. Otherwise, it will not come near you. He said, don't be like a stubborn mule, like a stubborn horse. Come on, submit to the yoke. Or otherwise, this yoke is not going to be fun. And see, sometimes it's like we don't get it. We don't get it. That as long as we're doing our own thing, we're going our own way. We're going to be all right for a while. But sooner or later, the weight of life is going to wear us out, wear us down. And he says, listen, take my yoke. It's like, I'm tired already. Do you want me to take another yoke? No, the reason why he invited us to get in his yoke, because he said, man, this is going to be a lot better than the yoke you're in. Get in my yoke. Amen. So when you submit and surrender to the Lord, he will guide you on the best and the easiest path that you can be living on. Amen. You know, I just, I just thought about this. I don't have it in my notes, but while I was studying, I came across this. They did this survey, an extensive survey for quite a long time, and they found out that church-going people live an average of four point, I don't know if it was seven or nine years longer than people who don't. Amen. Feel younger? Amen. Feeling good? Feeling your oats this morning? Why is that? I believe because they get in the yoke of the Lord. They don't have to, they don't have to carry the burden of life by themselves. Amen. They got the creator of the universe who, by the way, never gets tired. He never runs out of strength. He's got enough for you and for me and for everybody else, every one of his children. And when we get yoked up with him, life is going to be easier. Amen. And the third key to entering his rest is learning to trust him. In Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart. So Jesus says, learn from me, learn from me. You know, I found out this, that even though I'm, I know what I'm, you know, I believe this. How many of you believe this message today? You know, so far what you heard, you believe that, you know, I believe that, but you know what? I get burdened down. I get wore out. I get frazzled. I get stressed. And it's like, Lord, you said, if I come to you, I came and I come daily. But he says, well, let's learn how to carry this weight of life. Because, you know, I know you've been in the yoke with me, but sometimes you still get up ahead of me. You're still taking rights when I'm wanting to take left. And you, you, you're still carrying stuff you're not supposed to. He said, learn from me. How many of you know, if you want to live a stress-free life, you got to be teachable. 
You got to be willing to be taught. And so he wants to teach us. And so much of the weight we carry in life is a result of, you know what, two things, fear and worry. Cousins, fear and worry. And the Bible says in Isaiah 43, fear not, for I am with you. I've redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you won't be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. You know, sometimes it's not the problem that's the problem. It's how we're handling the problem that's the problem. Is that right? And you know what I'm amazed? You know, they said fear is uh, uh, false expectations appearing real. And sometimes we're like, man, we're all bottled up about what's going to happen. Come on, let me just preach to myself. I know, yes, you probably don't deal with that. And how you worry about what the future, fear, 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 and fear just will wear you slap out. And he says, come on, learn to trust me. Learn to trust me. Fear not. I'm with you, Todd. I'm going to help you, Todd. You're going to make it, Todd. I'm preaching to myself now. Come on, Todd. Quit fearing. You know, the opposite of fear is faith. I'm either going to live in fear or I'm going to live in faith. I think faith is the better way. How many of you agree with that? Yes, amen. And then the other one, you know, is, is, uh, is worry. Matthew 6.34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day, come on, see if you can say amen to this. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So sometimes we get burned out because we carry today's trouble, yesterday, tomorrow's trouble, and every day's, you know, and we get, he said, don't worry about tomorrow. Sounds like a good song. We put some words to it. Amen. Don't worry about tomorrow because today has enough problems of its own. So, you know, that's an exhortation. Let's live in the present. Not in the past nor the future. Let's live in the present. Hey, right now, I'm doing okay. Amen. Come on. And you know, Jesus revealed the key to why he he could sleep in the storm and the disciples couldn't. To go back to that story for just a minute in in Matthew 8, when he got in the boat, his disciples followed him. and, And when that great storm arose on the sea so that the boat was being covered with waves, Jesus himself was asleep. And they came to him, woke him up, saying, save us, Lord, we're perishing. And he said to them, why are you afraid, you men of little faith? See, the reason why they couldn't sleep is because they were afraid and they weren't walking in faith. To, to ease the burden of life, we've got to trust the Lord. Amen? We've got to trust the Lord. Are we going to have problems? Let me ask it again. Are we going to have problems in this life? Jesus said, in this world, you shall have tribulation. We're going to have problems. Are we going to trust the Lord or not? Life is a lot easier when you trust the Lord. Now, having said all that, I know this, but I lose sleep sometimes because I'm worried. Do you? So I got I to gotta 
I got to fight this. I got to deal with this. There's always something that just seems a little bit bigger than I have the ability to handle. And it puts me in the stress mode. And so I got to remember that Jesus carried his cross. And when he carried his cross, he carried my problems too. And part of the divine exchange is I'm going to let him carry them. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to enjoy the journey. And I'm going to live in that place of rest. There is a rest for the people of God. Amen. How many of you want to live there? Amen. I do too. Why don't you stand with me and let's, let's close in prayer. Hey, just right where you are right now, just close your eyes and just slow down for just a minute. You know, they say most of the, most of the problem, the cause of physical problems is burdens, stress, weighs you down, wears out your body. Most mental, mental torment is a result of fear, not trusting, not relying on God. And even if you say, you know what, I'm not going to fear. I'm not, even if you say that, it's amazing how it just will come on you. Even though you know the principle, it'll come on you. But you know what the good news is that Jesus died so that that stress, that burden could be broken off of our lives. Amen. How many of you today say, Todd, you know, I, I'm not sure I've been yoked up with the Lord. I've been kind of yoked up on my own. And I need to get yoked up with Jesus. I need to give my life to Christ. I, I've been, I don't even know that I'm a Christian. I don't even know if I'm saved, but I want to be saved. I want to be a Christian. I want to live for the Lord. If that's you, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you specifically. I want to pray right back here. I see that hand. Anybody else? This is the greatest decision you could ever make is to surrender your life to Christ. Anybody else? Anybody else? Just if your heart's beating right now, just raise your hand. The enemy's going to try to talk you out of it. Don't let the enemy win. Come on. Just surrender your life to Christ. Get in the yoke with the Lord. Anybody else? Anybody else? Amen. Listen, those, the, the one, uh, those of you that have your hands raised, look up here at me. Look up here at me. It's nothing to be ashamed about. This is the greatest thing that you could ever do. Amen. So let's, let's have a prayer right now. Let's, let's just all pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me, for shedding your blood for me so my sins could be forgiven. Lord Jesus, I surrender to you. I ask you to release me from the weight of sin. I'm putting my faith in you. I'm putting my trust in you. I need your help today, Lord. Thank you for helping me. In Jesus' name. Now listen, those of you that raised your hand and prayed that prayer with me, after we end the service, I want you to come down here and, and get with Pastor Nick or myself or, or one of the altar workers here. And we, we got some, some information for you and we want to help you get started. But hey, before we go, how many of you live in burden today? You know, there's something about the anointing of God and it breaks the yoke. It breaks that burden. Amen. I mean, just a touch from God can just cause the weights to fall off you. You know why that is? Because Jesus paid the price and released the anointing of God so that we could be set free from that yoke of oppression. Amen. 
How many of you today say, Todd, I'm burdened down today and I'm receiving this for myself today. I'm receiving it. Come on, let's pray now. Let's ask God. Let's ask the Lord to release his anointing right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, come on, come on, declare that. Come on, Jesus broke that off your life. He paid for that. Come on, come to him in prayer right now and just declare, I'm not going to live with that burden. I'm not going to live in that fear and that worry. I'm getting set free today in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you are anointed is destroying that yoke, Lord. Destroying the weights of this world. Thank you, Lord. They're receiving rest. They're receiving peace right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that there is a rest for the people of God. Lord, we're entering in by faith right now. Lord, we break oppression. Lord, we break worry. We break fear. We break its power. We break its hold. And we declare we're not living burdened down. We're not living under the weight of the world. Thank God Jesus took our, our stress and our worries so we could have rest. Thank you, God, for releasing, Lord, deep and abiding peace, tranquility, and rest over the people of God today. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, amen, 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 amen. Amen. Come on, grab a hold of that principle. And whenever you're starting to feel overwhelmed, just get by yourself and say, no, 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 no. Jesus took this for me. Amen.